the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is Bob Bergman broadcasting from my office, my uh, law office in San Jose in the Cambrian Park area. Uh, those of you who've been listening the last few weeks know that I had a uh, an estate planning workshop this past Saturday, July 17th, and I thought I'd report back on that. Uh, I think it went quite well. I had uh, 22 people who attended the workshop, and uh, they seemed to enjoy it. I got some positive feedback. I have a number of people who've indicated that they wish to actually come in and consult with me about estate planning, which is great. Um, Of course, that's besides being educational. I obviously do workshops like this to generate new clients for my law practice. Uh, because, as they say, there is no free lunch. I have to have some money coming in uh, to pay, uh, take care of my family and pay for my business costs and even pay uh, to be on the air talking to you right now. So uh, I want to let you know that I have another workshop now scheduled in August. It will be August 14th at the Silicon Valley Business Center in San Jose on Camden Avenue, same location as the one this past Saturday. It will also start at 9 o'clock a.m. Saturday morning. It goes for roughly an hour, but I take about an hour and a half so that there's time for questions and answers uh, at the end of the workshop. If you are interested in registering, and I encourage people to register for the workshop, You can do it through eventbrite.com. Look for Estate Planning Workshop on uh, August 14th. Or uh, just search Estate Planning Workshop August 14th. It uh, likely will start showing up in Google searches. Or go to my website at lawbob.com. Click on the link for workshops and seminars, and you'll see a button that you can click on to register for the seminar. You can also go to my Facebook page, uh, Law Offices of Robert P. Bergman, and you'll see that I have cross-posted to that page as well. And you'd be able to click through and register there from Facebook if that is uh, the way that you'd prefer to do that rather than going through my website. So uh, I'm going to continue on today with my usual format, which is questions and comments from around the state of California. I'm going to uh, push forward 
and uh, get through the show today. I, I am a little bit on the tired side. Um, my voice is getting a little bit tired now. It's been a long week, a busy week, a productive week, but also a fairly rough week as I work through recovery from the stroke I had back in February. Um, it does cause some physical limitations uh, on one side of my body, and it causes uh, also some um, physical tiredness. And uh, as the day goes on, I get more and more tired. So uh, bear with me. We'll get through the show today. I'll pass on hopefully some useful information. And I uh, want to extend, if you'd like to call in, it's 800-516-1220. If you'd like to call in and ask me a question on the air, that's perfectly fine. 800-516-1220. So here is a situation out of Los Angeles. And uh, uh, to sum it up kind of quickly, um, this person's grandparents set up a trust uh, for their mother, for a person writing, who is, I guess, a grandchild, and then a nephew. Um, neither the grandparents knew that the nephew's father uh, the late brother of the person who's asking about this was deceased. Uh, he had predeceased um, the second grandparent to die, and my mother never told her that. So uh, they set up a distribution plan, and by the way that it works, uh, things are going to be distributed, and um, both the nephew and the person asking can't access any money in this trust until they turn 60 years of age. Um, and then even the mother's forbidden uh, access to trust money other than for limited circumstances. This person read that irrevocable trust in California can be changed by unanimous consent of the beneficiaries. Uh, and they reference probate code section 15403. Uh, both myself and mother agree we'd like to change it. The hitch is the nephew is only 12 years old and he can't consent. So is it still possible to modify the trust? Well, I'll tell you that, um, first of all, an irrevocable trust can be modified by consent of the beneficiaries. But if the people who created the trust are now deceased, 15403 of the probate code means that you actually have to go into the court system and request a court order from the court in order to make a modification like what they're seeking, which is to provide for distribution at an earlier time than uh, what the trust indicated. And even then, a judge might deny the request if the judge believes that the major reason why this trust was created would be frustrated if the court were to sign an order changing the trust in some way. But yes, it is possible to go to court to modify a trust that is now irrevocable. And uh, I do that kind of work. I do that kind of court petition work. Uh, I can do it in uh, uh, for uh, trustees of trusts who reside in um, San Mateo, Alameda, Contra Costa, or Santa Clara counties. 
I'm considering expanding that to some other surrounding counties, but right now those are the only counties that I can assist with. An important thing to note is that the trustee of the trust, where the trustee lives, is typically the county where you would bring a petition like that, not necessarily the county where the person died who actually owned the trust. So uh, if you're the trustee of a trust for a family member that's in another part of California, uh, an action like this could be brought in your county if if you're in one of those four Bay Area counties that I indicate that I assist with. Okay, so here, let's move on to the next one. Okay, my mother and stepfather have an irrevocable trust. Um, my sibling and I are two beneficiaries, and my stepfather's children are the are other beneficiaries to the trust. So there's four beneficiaries. My mother's going to die first, unfortunately, because uh, she has advanced cancer. Can my stepfather sell the house after my mother dies and use the money any way he wants to? Or as soon as it's sold, do the funds have to be divided out between the beneficiaries at that time? Also, do they have to let us know that they sold the house because the only thing in the trust is this house, which would be divided four ways? Um, I think the short answer to that is you always have to look at the trust itself to see what the trust says. If it says that it's distributed, probably says it's distributed when both the mother and the stepfather have died, as opposed to being distributed uh, when one of them has died. But you have to look at the trust itself, see what the trust says, and then that will determine whether or not there's an immediate distribution or whether or not um, property is going to be held until the stepfather dies. Um, But kind of as a general rule, the property could be sold um, as long as the proceeds were retained in the trust. We're coming up on the first break of the show today. I'll get back to you on the other side of the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, welcome back. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. And we'll dive right in with one out of Redlands, a very uh, straightforward one here. Um, Can I send a notary into a nursing home so that my grandmother can sign a revocation for my uncle and a power of attorney with me? Um, Or do we have to wait until my grandmother gets out of the rehab center? Uh, I'll give a qualified yes to this question. It really kind of depends mostly on the rehab center itself, uh, whether they have any restrictions of outside people coming in. Uh, I think at this point, if everyone's been vaccinated, and uh, depending on what county you're in, it could very well be that it's not an issue as long as you can find a mobile notary that's willing to, to actually go there. Typically in a center like that, there is a they may have a meeting room or something like that where where the person can come to that room and uh, sign whatever needs to be signed and get notarized uh, so that you're not kind of generally mixing with everybody in the center. Uh, but yeah, that is something that should able to be done. 
Okay, here, um, I am an heir named in a will that's now in effect because the person who made the will uh, passed away in March of this year. Uh, I have a copy of the will, and it states I'm getting 50% of of the inheritance. The will was written in Texas, and I'm in California. How long should I wait to find out about distribution of funds? Well, assuming that the will is, in fact, being probated in Texas, which is what it should be, it probably, um, by this time, maybe it should have already been uh, handled because probate in Texas is a lot faster than probate in California. Um, If you haven't heard anything by July here, uh, I'd start making some calls and find out, uh, see if you can contact the person named as the executor in the will and uh, or go and try to look in the uh, court records of the county where the person lived in Texas, see if anything's been filed, if anything's been commenced. Because uh, um, here now, uh, all this time later, it's been uh, July now, um, there probably should have been something that happened. Okay, now, here's an example of what can happen when when there is poor drafting uh, in, a, uh, in an estate plan. Yeah, and, and actually, also, I think a misinterpretation. I think this person was given bad advice. In the trust of my father-in-law, it's written, after the death of my father-in-law, the trustee shall distribute the remaining trust estate to trustors issue by right of representation. Issue means all of that person's linear descendants of all generations. Okay, probably it should have said issue defined um, is the children of the person and their lineal descendants. Now, it says that the, uh, the trustee hired a lawyer said that every descendant has an equal share. Well, issue by right of representation doesn't really mean that Everyone who is who is a lineal descendant automatically gets an equal share. By right of representation typically means this. You go down to the first level of relationship. Uh, that would be children. You go down to the children, and each child receives an equal share. If a child is deceased and has issue, meaning has descendants, then that child's children would typically split that child's share that would otherwise go to them. So uh, I, I don't I don't know what advice they're getting. I think the attorney advised them incorrectly here, because right of representation, what what the attorney is describing would be uh, basically. Uh, between all descendants of every of every generation, um, and then it would be everybody who is a descendant would get an equal share. That's not what it says. Right of representation has a different meaning than everybody who is a descendant. So, I think 
I think this person may have gotten some bad advice from an attorney as to what that language actually means. Okay. Um, all right. My husband and I have no children and no direct heirs. After getting married, we created a business and we've saved the profits for retirement. Um, most of our savings are in two brokerage accounts listed as joint tenants with right of survivorship. The rest is in our business checking account. Our house is listed as community property with right of survivorship. We're planning to create a revocable trust and fund it with the house, the business, and the brokerage accounts. But we just found out that if either one of us die and the other tries to sell any securities from our brokerage accounts, there might be an issue with the stepped-up cost basis because the accounts are listed as joint tenants instead of community property with right of survivorship. And the brokerage firms are telling us that joint tenants is the default type of account for California. So what can we do to prevent a large tax bill if appreciated securities are sold after one of us dies? The short answer is you can, as part of your estate plan, create a community property agreement. You can identify those accounts. You can transfer the ownership into the trust. And then you can identify those accounts in that agreement and in the trust itself as being community property assets. And the significance of that is community property, when one spouse dies, the surviving spouse gets a new income tax cost basis. Look it up if you don't know what that is. Cost basis. Uh, equal to the fair market value of the asset, not just the one half that belongs to the spouse that died. It's a major advantage we have living here in California or any other state that recognizes community property in its laws. Um, there are other states that are community property states. Uh, the most prominent ones uh, near us being uh, Arizona and uh, Nevada and Texas and the state of Washington also, but not Oregon and not Utah. Um, so uh, that would be um, something to consider right there is a good plan can solve that issue of of somehow losing what we call the double step up in cost basis where each half of the property gets revalued for income tax purposes to the market value when the first spouse dies. Very important part of estate planning in a state like California if you're married. Okay, so uh, we're coming up on the mid-show break. When we come back after the break, I'm going to continue with more Plan Your State Radio. And I just wanted to uh, remind you here, I do have a workshop coming up on August 14th. You can go to my website at lawbob.com or Eventbrite and look for Estate Planning Workshop and register at that time. Talk with you after the break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. So continuing on with more questions and comments from around this great state of California. Someone asked a question out of Groveland, California. Said, my brother has filed a Hegstat petition regarding our mother's home. It was not recently purchased or refinanced. She did not leave it in her trust. 
Do I have to file paperwork to oppose his petition or do I simply appear? Well, first of all, let's explain what a Hegstat petition is. If you've been listening for some time, you know I've talked about these. A Hegstat petition um, is a probate code section 850 petition. Uh, it's called a Hegstat petition because there was a famous case uh, that was basically Hegstat was the uh, the person involved, the person who had died. It was their estate that was involved. And the uh, Hegstat decision, which you can now find codified in probate code section 850, states that if if the creator of a trust had written evidence that they intended property to be in their trust, um, and in the Hegstat case, it was real estate we were talking about, um, then then the court could declare that the property was in the trust, even if it was still in that person's name uh, when they died, as opposed to in the title of the trust when they died. Now, a Hegstat petition um, will generally be granted by a court if there's no objection. If Sunman is objecting to it, the court could still grant the petition if there is clear written evidence that somebody intended property to be in their trust. Here, um, I don't know why someone would have created a trust and not put their home into it, left it in their individual name, because that would have made no sense. Typically, if you create a trust and it's done properly, you have a special will created at the same time called a pour-over will, and the pour-over will, it's called that because it will give instructions that any property, basically any property in my name when I die, is to be turned over to the trustee of my trust that I set up at the same time so that it's distributed according to what the trust says and not distributed through the probate to someone else. Uh, so here, uh, answering this person's question, uh, if you oppose the Hegstat petition and you've been given notice that your brother wants to do this, then, yeah, you have to uh, file an appearance. You have to appear in that case. You have to object to it. Um, you, you, you may be able to just show up and say, I object, but, but and the court might hear your testimony. Um, but unless there is actual evidence that the mother... Um, if there's evidence the mother intended to be part of her trust because it's listed in a schedule of assets or something like that, or there's a pour-over will that's going to direct it over to the trust, uh, the fact that it was not recently purchased or refinanced really would not be important. Um, they, they, so, But still, if you want to oppose a petition like that, I think your better thing to do is hire someone and file paperwork opposing that petition and then let the court decide. Okay. Uh, let's see. My father passed away in September of 2020. He resided in Calaveras County. Supposedly he wrote a will, according to his niece, my cousin, and my cousin stated that my father left her everything. 
my dad was not married and had two children, myself and an adopted daughter. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer last year and was found deceased in his home. That's really tragic. First week of November of 2020, I went to the Calaveras County Courts and the recorder's office. Both departments informed me they had not received a will or any other filing in my dad's name concerning um, uh, his estate. Uh, my cousin stated to me that she had my father's will in a safety deposit box. This was after he'd been dead for 30 days. Now, I'll tell you right now, if you have access to the original will of somebody who's died, there is a legal requirement that you file that will with the court where the person lived within 30 days of death. And if you fail to do that, you can be held personally liable for any damages suffered by somebody because of your failure to file or what they call it, lodge the will with the court. Um, then this person says, in December of 2020, I was notified that my cousin had my father's estate transferred into her name. How was this done without a probate case? I'll tell you, there's really, if, if, if he didn't have it in a trust, um, then there's no real way it could have been transferred into her name without a court order unless he had changed everything and put her on everything as the pay-on-death beneficiary or as a co-owner on accounts. But, uh, yeah, there's no way really to, to transfer ownership of accounts, bank accounts or brokerage accounts or real estate or anything that's in the name of someone who's died unless um, now another possibility is this cousin was on accounts with the father um, and and had uh, signing authority and uh, didn't tell the bank that the father had died and just went and wrote a check to herself or cleared out the accounts after he died and if she wasn't a co-owner uh, that's actually a crime um, and that's actually he she actually would have stolen the property from the estate uh, and that's the kind of thing that could end up having you put in jail so something sounds strange something doesn't sound quite right can't tell from the information I have here just what that might be but there we go okay will my last will and testament be enforceable with my wishes for child custody. In other words, uh, guardianship for my child. A uh, person says, I currently have full legal and physical custody of my child. I'd like to create a will where the custody of my child will go to my siblings in case something happens to me before my child is an adult. There's currently a family law court order allowing only reunification visits with my ex. This would be the parent of the child, the other parent of the child. Can I create this sort of will so that if something happens to me, my child will go to my siblings to raise, not my ex? The answer is yes. Whether or not your wishes will be honored by the court depend on whether or not the court would consider the child's parent, other parent, to not be, uh, to not have any custody rights um, 
and no, that includes no rights to take over now as the guardian for the child. I would say at the very least you can consider if you have assets setting up a trust and making sure that at least the property you leave for your child can be handled by your siblings even if the uh, physical custody won't be granted by a court. That right there might convince the ex that it's not worth it to them to take over the responsibility for raising your child because they'll have the financial responsibility as well. And that person might just step aside and not even contest the wish, your wishes of having siblings go in and uh, raise your child for you as well as handle any inheritance you may leave for that child. Okay. Um, my father passed away in 2017 of cancer. One month later, his sisters took their mother to go make a trust that didn't leave anything to my father or his heirs, of which I am one. They listed him as a child and deceased, but nothing was left to him or his descendants. Grandma just passed away. We found out um, that we're, our mind is kind of blown that nothing was left. Our father's share that would have come to him if he had still been alive uh, there was nothing left to his children. Um, grandma had dementia, and we think that that our aunts uh, basically induced her to leave everything to them uh, and nothing to our father's children. And uh, what can we do to prove that our aunts took advantage of my grandma so that everything is left to her kids? but nothing to her deceased son's family or grandkids. Well, it's um, it's kind of a tough thing to do because it's been 2017 that Grandma's trust was set up, according to the facts here. And um, that would mean trying to go back and prove that when Grandma set up this trust, she was unduly influenced by her her daughters that they did, in fact, take advantage of her, that she lacked the legal capacity to do an estate plan. Those are things that are very difficult to prove unless there's actual medical evidence and diagnoses from doctors of someone's mental state that are contemporaneous with the time that they executed documents like this. So I think it's probably a very, very tough situation for this family to try and contest grandma's trust after she's died especially if it was set up four years ago well we're coming up on the third and final break of our show today when i come back i'll close out the show with more questions and comments so stay tuned for the final segment of plan your state radio with attorney bob bergman now back to plan your estate radio once again your host Estate Planning Trust and Probate Law Specialist, Attorney Bob Bergman. Welcome back with the final segment of the show today. <clears throat> I, I want to kind of switch gears and, uh, just for a brief time. And um, it occurred to me uh, a number of years ago, I actually uh, did some uh, professional voice study at, uh, at a 
studio in San Francisco where I actually studied professional voice acting, uh, commercial work, uh, voices for uh, animation, uh, something that I love to do. I'd love to be able to do that as, uh, as my day job. Uh, voice animated characters for cartoons and films and things like that. And I thought I'd throw out something unusual to you, my listening audience. Uh, if you have a business and uh, and you're interested in having someone who could record commercials for your business, uh, commercials for radio or things like that, um, feel free to, to give me a call or email me at rpb at wabob.com and we could talk about that. I know this is kind of unusual. I'm an estate planning attorney, but I also have a background uh, of more than 40 years performing theater here in the Bay Area, uh, musical comedies and light opera and some opera and uh, stage plays as well. And, uh, and I do have uh, a fair amount of professional voice acting training and uh, I thought I'd just throw that out there. I know it's kind of strange. I thought this show was all about estate planning and stuff like that. Well, it's another aspect of who attorney Bob Bergman is. Um, I have a past history as a stage performer, and uh, and uh, I'm living my dream right now, hosting this radio show. It's something I've wanted to, to do since I was in high school, um, back when Moses and I went to high school together. And um, so I'm just kind of extend that out there um, because if you're looking for someone, if you like the sound of my voice, if you like the rhythms that I have in speaking and uh, and you'd like to maybe have me be the voice of your business uh, on the radio, give me a call. Maybe we can work something out. We'll we'll see. Um, just thought I'd throw that out there. So. Continuing on with the regular format, back to our regularly scheduled show. Uh, here's a question out of Thousand Oaks, California. How do I make sure my home will be left to my domestic partner? Person said, my ex-husband and I are back together. I want to make sure he will own my house if he survives me. Well, the first thing I'd say is if you're not married anymore, you don't want to kind of put him on the title to your house right now because that could end up triggering a reassessment of uh, of half the value of the house. What I think to do here, if you want to make sure he'll own the house if he survives you, I would say solution that works for many, many things is to create a trust for you individually, transfer the ownership of your house into your revocable living trust, provide in the trust that it goes to him should um, should you die first, but then also provides where that house is going to go if your ex, who you've now reconciled with, uh, passes away before you do. I think that would be the best way to go for actually um, dealing with a situation like this. And I've done similar things like this for um, unmarried couples where uh, one of the couple actually owns the house 
and they want to make sure that their partner, who may have been a life partner of 25 years or more, they want to make sure their life partner ends up with the property um, at death uh, so that they don't end up being maybe forced out by by other relatives of the person or children of the person or whatever it happens to be. Um, so let's see. Uh, here's a quick one out of uh, La Quinta. Quinta, right? Yes. La Quinta, California. Uh, says, I'm a named beneficiary in my father's irrevocable trust. I received a letter from the trustee's attorney stating the trustee's ready to make distributions from the trust, but in order to receive it, I must first sign a release of liability, releasing the trustee of all liability for actions as trustee. You can't require that. Uh, you have a right to receive the distributions. And here it says, if I don't sign it, the gift will not be released to me. That's inappropriate. That's a violation of the trust law. And um, and so if that's the condition they're making, you may be forced in the situation of actually suing the trustee to release your inheritance to you and maybe collecting attorney's fees and costs for uh, for the trouble. And if the trustee's attorney's involved in this, you might be looking at suing, I hate to say it, suing the attorney as well, because this is just not an appropriate thing to do. Okay, looking at the clock on the wall, and uh, and my engineer can confirm this, I think we have about 30 seconds left, is that correct, Ken? That's correct, okay. So we're coming up on the end of the show today, I hope you have a great weekend. I plan on uh, doing some things with my family. We're going to see live theater tomorrow night with the Children's Music Theater in San Jose. They're performing outdoors. going to be kind of fun. But until next Friday, this is attorney Bob Bergman of Plan Your State Radio. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.